Welcome back to Talk and Shopify, the e-commerce strategy podcast for businesses serious about growing their brands. Brought to you by Zyber, New Zealand's leading e-commerce experts and Shopify Plus partner, we'll be here every week with a new episode to help you uncover the secrets to scaling your business for long-term growth. We'll share our knowledge and insider tips with the help of some amazing industry guests. Let's talk shop. Welcome to Talk and Shop. This is the podcast for merchants who are serious of growing their online business, their e-commerce, their digital strategy, and while your pants look fine, how are you, sir? <laughs> it's great to be here. You My name's Leo, up. by the way, just in case you didn't know, but Waldo. How's it, man? I'm doing all right. Well. Yeah, you snapped me out. I was like, oh, oh my pants for you. Like, oh, we're recording and we go. And here we are. That's so, your fault. You go. told me to do the intro, which no, I don't usually do the intro anymore. Yeah, and now here we are. Nice. We've done the awesome. intro. Well, welcome back to another one. So thank you very much. What um, an episode we had with Julian last week. That was insane. Yeah. Uh, there was some good stuff in there. Did, did you, I don't know if you know this or knew this. If you were smart listening to that episode and you listened to it all the way towards the end, there's a gorgeous uh, little plug yep. at, at the end. Yep. You get two months two free months. with gorgeous if you mention podcast. Yeah. Rachel, I'm not sure if that was you that got that deal, but that's a damn good deal for two months free. It is a great deal. Oh, and can you guys hear Rachel properly this time? Hey, Waldo remembered the mic. Hey, so welcome, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Great to be on here, finally with a voice. Yeah. Yeah, finally with a voice. So, uh, Rachel, you know, we're going to need some advice from time to time. We're going to need for you to look up things uh, because Waldo and I don't know everything. He just Uh, wants to be Joe Rogan. I do want to be Joe Rogan. (laughs) I really do, actually. The The guy's got a good body. He's into his martial arts. You know what I envy about him? He's so relaxed, mm. even in like, cause, I mean, he's done what, 1500 episodes, right? <laughs> so he's just always so relaxed and they just kick into a random conversation and away you go. I was listening to one the other day with Russell Brand yes. and like Russell Brand talks like me, like talks and like, it, well, just blows you away. And Joe's just so calm sitting back, just listening to him and allowing him to talk and away he is. Anyway. It's the weed. Yeah. <laughs> What? Joe Rogan smokes weed all the time on that show and he's, he's just so chill. That's, yeah. that's how he got there. But anyway, exactly. right. I'm going to take control of this episode. Good. Today, Waldo, we're going to be doing uh, talking about business growth. Yeah. Now, uh, Rachel put out onto the Shopify NZ Facebook group a little survey of what our merchants really wanting to know or hear on the show. And the top thing that came back was growth, mm. you know. But when I look back at that information, I said to Rachel, okay, so what type of growth are they, do they mean? Is this e-commerce growth or just business overall? And so I thought we would sort of split this episode and uh, like, or go two different ways. Do yeah. you want to maybe explain a bit better than I am? No, yeah, that's fine. Do? I mean, I think it's appropriate because, you know, obviously there are two components, right, to any business. Even if you just own an e-commerce business, you still need to focus on the actual operational slash business side of it all. Yeah. I mean, the things you're doing online are super important to ensure any other growth can take place. But then it is, again, a matter of making sure that, you know, those gro- those things that you are doing on- online operationally within your business translates. And those two actually support each other. So Yeah, abs- yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's, I think, what we want to do today. So I'm going to ask you questions that really relate around, you know, growth on the e-commerce level. Sure. And then 
hopefully I have some advice. And then you're going to ask me questions on the high level management of, you know, what I've experienced, uh, you know, growing a business. I mean, you've been part of the ride as well. So I know a lot oh, of it. Yeah. You can have your input in that as well. So should we kick it off? I'm not an expert by any means. Well, this is not financial <laughs> advice, but we're going to be talking about some financial stuff. This is so. the second episode where we've like had to put a disclaimer at the start. <laughs> love we, it. Do, we do it just, you know, allegedly we want to protect ourselves. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. So, Walter, let's let's kick this off. Now, you have helped really big brands, mm. you know, cross-migrate, help them, you know, bring in a whole new different tech stack. Uh, and you've done this also for mum and pups, yeah, you know. Yeah, 100%. I think some of my questions today are going to be for the mum and pups and some are going to be for the enterprise. And we come from working with mum and pups, smaller businesses, et cetera, and graduated gradually to be able to be in the conversation when it comes to large e-commerce brands, talking yeah. to you know, at enterprise level, commercial um, agreements in place, et cetera. So that, those conversations are vastly different. Mm-hmm. However, the same principles apply at the end of the day. And yeah. those are the things that I guess the value that people are going to find out of this is if you know they're missing Absolutely. some of those pillars or those principles in their business, then they might just be able to pick it up. So yeah. let's yeah, give it cool. a wrap. All right. So question number one. Yep. Don't worry about budget. Um, what do you think... To be successful in e-commerce, what kind of people do you think you need around you? And so again, don't worry about budget. You can hire as many staff as you want. But what what, do you, what are your key staff members to, to start off? Yeah, well, I guess with any website, right, there's the platform side mm-hmm. and then there is the marketing side, okay? So I think from a platform side, and again, how long is a piece of string? You've just given me all the budget in the world. <laughs> we're talking to the largest company in the world and we're sitting in front of them and we're saying, hey, you guys have screwed up. You're trying to fix it. Here's what we recommend, right? So some of the core things that you'll look at then, obviously, and I'll, I'll say that this is a large business, okay? Well, very well established. We look at some of the systems they have in place. Who are the people they have in, internally that are going to support those right they may have like a head of it Mm -hmm. they may have just a a smaller it department um or they've got somebody who is well as well as that or they've got somebody dedicated to e-commerce now that is happening more and more now but trust me three or four years ago the poor marketing teams had to take care of most of that as well and i can tell you one thing it teams and marketing teams don't speak the same language (laughs) (laughs) well you're right like marketing managers Mm. were made to be be e-commerce managers and it's totally different absolutely and you know we've had conversations with marketing managers going like i've got all these kpis and i have no idea what what e-commerce is i've sat with some of the largest brands and i'm talking about in the world right like up there top 50 um, and obviously only their New Zealand division, and they only had one person in place, and there was a single marketing manager, and they were like, cool, we've got this website, we want to go online, um, we want to take online a lot more seriously, and all of a sudden, how many more people are we going to need to hire? So being part of that conversation and actually giving business advice like that, I guess the core things are who's creating the content, who's going to actually manage the website on a day-to-day basis, how many orders do we expect, and then, you know, how can we support that internally from routing orders to the right apartments through to our shipping, fulfillment, um, you know, ensuring we're capturing payments. Those can be tricky as well, depending on what type of vertical you're in. So there's definitely a lot to think about. Um, well, the answer is lots of staff if you want to run an e-commerce. <laughs> but hey, it's, it is, well, it's, it's a little bit tricky to say exactly. But you, yeah, I mean, I'd say the rule of thumb, if you're doing more than a million dollars worth of revenue per year, you probably have got at least three to five people in and around that website dedicated. If you're doing between 200 and a million, you, depending on what you sell and how 
you know complicated your your manufacturing and distribution model is you could only have two or three managing that whole thing and that's the thing a lot of times we deal with business owners directly that are still so ingrained in their day-to-day management of the e-commerce of the e-commerce platform as well so yeah, yeah. It's, it's tricky that's interesting that one i i i do try and tell like business owners that you know 20 30 percent even more of what they're generating revenue through the website needs to come back into the business. So if that yeah. 30% goes back to staff or 30% is going back to an agency, then you know, you're know you reinvesting in this e-commerce growth. And the funny so. thing, all of them say, nah, nah, five to 10, <laughs> five to 10. Oh, I don't need, I don't need anyone. It don't just, know. it does it all itself. Don't know. Yeah, the, the website does everything. <laughs> oh shit, my orders aren't going through. All right, um, okay, let me change the question now. Yeah, sure. I'm a, I'm a mum and pup store. I don't have massive massive budget now um, towards my e-commerce. How can I grow? I'm a mum and pup store, yeah. not enough budget. I want to grow well though. Right. You've obviously got a great product because you've got you're building a business. Hopefully, around it, I have right? a great so product. So that's the most important thing. Okay. Um, obviously, as I touched on before, make sure you've got the right distribution channels in place, etc. But then I would say one of the most important things that you know a hands-on owner would need to do before looking at outsourcing anything ever is learn the systems, right? And I think I've, I've said this in the past but as why? well. Because when you understand how the systems work, you will realize when you tapped out, like mm-hmm. you, you can't do any more, right? And then that's the right time to look at hiring staff, right? Who specialize or getting additional resource in place. Or you're being pulled away from the day-to-day running of the business so much and focusing on all these other things that need to happen to ensure sales are coming in that naturally it makes sense for you to then get that additional resource in place. And, you know, sometimes a lot of places would do like a part-time, tap into friends and family, see if they want to help. I mean, depending on how small you are as well, you know, like don't be afraid. Um, Technology sometimes gets people, you know, a little bit excited and they're like, yeah, I want to be able to help or I've learned this from doing that at school or you never know. And all of a sudden you could, you could win that, from that. Is that how your mum conned you into doing her Shopify oh, store? If, you are, if you're in the web space, one thing I can tell you, and you probably um, have experienced this yourself as well, is anything to do with websites from that point onwards is always, yep, go see him. Go see him. <laughs> you, the, you, oh, you yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think we mentioned it before, you know, like my mum started her store um, up in Mungify and uh, they were just like, how do I put it? They were, they were in a... <laughs> I think they've they've both run businesses in the past as well, the two owners. Um, but in today's world, and I think COVID threw a few sort of hurdles at them as well, where online became much more important very quickly yes. um, for things like curbside pickup, pick up, uh, click and collect, etc. That um, they had to just dive into that world. But hey, big ups to her. She just she really got stuck in there. So, but they're doing they're doing really well. So, um, I guess the answer there also like if you don't have budget, you gotta just focus on learning your systems because it will, it will help you from someone trying to pull the wall over your eyes. 100%. Not only a staff member that you've hired who says, oh, that's going to take me ages. When you go, wait, hold on, I used to do that. Yeah. That's only one or two hours. But also an agency that comes in and quotes you, you know, <laughs> that's uh, that's $20,000 for that click of a button, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but also technology has progressed so much now that, you know, with a little bit of nouse and a little bit of investigation, you know, as long as you hit all those main sort of components of what makes an online business successful, which obviously is a really good looking website with a good user experience, Mm -hmm. making sure that we're getting traffic to the site, right? Mm -hmm. Those two conversations are quite different, but very hinging on each other. Like there's no point driving traffic to a crappy looking website and there's no point having an amazing looking website if there's no one ever coming to it, Mm. right? So those two are probably the most important, but then the traffic hits the site. What do we do with it now? 
I don't know, you tell me. Have we got the right type of products as to what those people were searching, right? They obviously had some intent. Make sure we're serving them up the most relevant products. Have a really good range and obviously a good product. Um, and then make sure that that user journey is as easy as possible for them. Like how much friction is there between them landing on your website and then parting with their credit card information, right? If we can remove any of that, um, that's great. And then during that process, there's always opportunities to do two things either get some information from them because we know how important it is to actually get people's data, right? Um, and secondly, sell as much as you possibly can to them during that time on the website. Then there's also things that come in afterwards, which is, you know, once they're now a customer, how many times can they buy from us? You know, are there other products that might suit them? All that sort of thing. So, yeah. And that was beautiful because I, I don't know if you've been looking at my question sheet. I actually had something around what are those, you know, top, three to five things around the website that you, you need to know to grow. And I think you just kind of answered that as oh, well. UX, UI, I guess, yep. is, is another one. And really understanding, the, like you said, the message that's being told and yep. where you're directing people. So, But I think also what I was trying to mean then, probably didn't make the point really well, is there's so many good bits of tech now. Like if you did this five years ago, it was a hell of a lot harder, right? Now it's not really that hard to build a decent looking website with getting your products on there um, and hitting those notes. You can actually do it yourself, right? You can go look at a email marketing platform and start learning how to use that and getting that connected to your website. When people are on my site, you know, some CRO um, techniques that we can do like in-cart upsells, recommended products, all that sort of stuff. Um, offering them different payment types when they're about to check out as well. Like how can we encourage them to spend more with us, offer part payment? That's a huge, huge way. And trust me, I've seen that firsthand. And then, um, yeah, obviously trying to get them back again. So getting them into a loyalty or a reward system, for example, or encouraging them to come and leave a review for that product so that that benefits you again with the next purchase and the next purchase. And I think quite often when people stare down this barrel, they're like, this is so, this, it's just too much, right? But when you actually break it down into little pieces, um, and you've got to start somewhere. It's, it's not actually, you know, just, just get all of them right and it's going to take you a while. But once you're there, you'll reap the rewards. Yeah. I think it is a lot. It is a lot. There's because a reward involved. program can 100%. go deep oh, yeah. and EDMs can go forever. Yeah, but you've got to start somewhere, You do right? have to start. And then evolve it as you go. I know. Yeah. yeah. And again, if we come back to if you have the right team members, yeah. you can be really successful. Exactly. Because if you understand the power of EDM and you want to really focus on EDM and you have someone that can do some lovely content, and then just pushes EDM yeah. all the way through. Oh, well, I mean, we've done sprints here with customers of ours, you know, when you in that space where there's dedicated staff and you're talking on commercial level, that, you know, uh, we do like a 30-day sprint and all we're talking about is just email marketing. Like all the tasks that are happening on their retainer that month is just for email marketing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, look at the, the following 30 days after that, you're just building out a loyalty and rewards program. And those things, like you say, it's complicated. Yeah. Pages need to be built. Processes need to be put in place. Yeah. Things break. You got to fix it. Yeah. You right at the you know at the eleventh hour, one small bit of data that you were thinking is going to integrate with Clavio that you really need to work for this part a dozen and see. Yeah. It's just it's how it is. No, it's really it's really awesome and interesting. Have I told you the story? Like five years ago, I met this other agency at a bar. Of course, I met them at a bar, and um, they go, "Hey, all we do is Clavio," and I was like. How do you make money? Like, <laughs> like just email marketing. Isn't that just like, like Mailchimp? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, they, they probably would have thrown me out of the bar. But I was like, what? And now, you know, fast forward, I think about two years after that conversation, I'm like, man, if you're not doing email marketing, you are missing out. So, yeah, I can see how. Well, there's agencies that are just, like you said, just built around that and are flourishing. 
Um, Flourishing. They yeah, they get it. Um, okay, key apps. Yeah, well, I think that every merchant should have on their store. Yeah, well, you know, part of this podcast is because we sometimes do have meetings with all these very super successful brands. You get to see what they use, right? And so, being able to transfer that information through to small mom and pop businesses listening now, um, I think you know, obviously, email marketing is you're definitely not going to look past Clavio, right? Um, if we're looking at reviews. Rewards, uh, sorry, re- reviews, um, UGC, you cannot look past Yotpo, right? Now, for some customers, it's, if you're c- quite small, you know, I even say that, but I think there's still a lot of value in it. I think um, that's what people don't understand about yeah. Yotpo is the value that it does, the, like everything that it can do. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, they could be scared away by the price sometimes. Yes. Um, but then, you know, if you can bite the bullet for 90 days and see what it does for you, mm. then it should be ROI positive, right? They're very confident about that. So yeah. um, definitely worth... Talk to Rad. Rad will give you a deal at Yotpo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Yotpo, definitely for reviews, UGC. Um, you know, that stuff you can use everywhere. It becomes a tool for your marketing. It's not just reviews. It's capturing that to then use to actually promote your business. Um, you know, rewards, loyalty. Um, I'd probably go two routes there. Again, depending on how large or small you are. Yotpo's got rewards built in as well, right? Um, if you... Don't want to go down there and you just want like a smaller loyalty plan for your business, smile, absolutely mm. can't go wrong. Yeah, Especially yeah. for those that have not got an existing rewards program or loyalty program in place. That's a really good time to then go, okay, cool, let's jump into smile. Because even at a basic level, it's got, you know, all the things that you need to put together a, um, a loyalty program. And then later on, when you need to really customize that, you can always migrate. There's always things like that. So what was that? Obviously, Shopify is the base. It's the platform. That's your e-com. Um, depending on how many different products you have, the um, complexity in and around, you know, where do you stock them, whether they're sitting with a distributor, whatever, you may want to look at an inventory management system at some point as well. Um, those are getting cheaper and cheaper and more built out and more built out as well. Um, and then obviously you need a good checkout. Now I mentioned before part payments, offer as much as you can in and mm. around that. And then distribution. I see so many people sitting with a direct relationship with an ancient provider. They've never reviewed or they don't even know who their account manager is anymore because there's staff turnover there, et cetera. And they just continue on with this. You know, I think there's two there. Obviously, Starship it, go sweet spot, go have a look, talk to NZ Post with eShip and Starship it. Um, and yeah, or do some shopping around. Just make sure you've got your the cheapest distribution, um, but the most effective as well because people still want to get it fast, right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other apps. There's, oh, there's yeah. tons. I mean, we can go down the SEO route. We can go the AI route. We yeah. can go the upsell and cross-sell. You know, we talk a bit about rebuy, Sally, um, one-click upsell. Oh, yeah. Um, Borgiorno, no, Borgiorno, uh, help me out. Uh, yeah, Bonjoro is one. Bonjoro yeah, for yeah, so personalization. Yeah, yeah, personalization. There's just so many. So look, there's yeah. key apps for everything. Again, it, it depends on your product, your service, who you're targeting. Um, but yeah, hopefully that that helped you out in some way. You know what I would do as well? for the, Just a little do? tip for people. Um, and not a lot of people outside the industry even know that these things exist. Is if you really, like you've got a website, you've got an offering, you, you know who your competitors are and you're like, oh, I really want to be like these people. Install a little Chrome app onto, uh, it's, and it's called in the Chrome store or Google Chrome store if you're using Chrome. Mm-hmm. Install an extension called Built With, mm-hmm. okay? Run that Built With on the store that you absolutely love, right? See what apps they're using. And then you can see exactly, you can see, you can see most of them there. So, um, and they, they, they vary from industry to industry as well. So, yeah. 
Mate, I, uh, I love, I love, no, that's such a good tip. No, no, that's really a good tip because you really can see a lot of the apps and I actually have another one and it's disappointing. Oh, here it is. Similar tech, uh, similar tech prospecting. You can get the uh, extension and that one even tries to tell you like the, how many, how many people actually go to that website, um, if it's by paid or organic and percentages. And then, yeah, I can sometimes see the majority, not all the apps that they have on Shopify, but some of the bigger ones. And I'm like, Ooh, you're used to Ignosto. I know you're doing split tests. And if you just want like, a quick snapshot of what's being used, Wappalizer. Yeah. Um, Wappalizer is really good. It gives you like just a quick snapshot with the icons there written out. So you go know, check exactly. your competitors now well, with those exactly. key tools. Those are, those are great. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I want to expand overseas. Oh, How do I do this? Mate, Come on. Lucky. Growth. Markets is there. Woo! So apart from three little features, um, markets is there. So I think, you know, we touched on this on the previous episode as well. Now actually sort of delving into a lot more conversations with customers who are these are sort of medium enterprise customers. Um, some of them are, you know, very enterprise. I think that's really the decision you got to make: is am I 100% committed and I'm doing it, and I've got my 3PL, my fulfillments already on Aussie. We'll use that as an example. Um, then you definitely got to look at Shopify Plus because you can just serve up such a personalized experience to those customers mm. immediately. Manage those stores separately. Um, currency and you know all, all the currency is localized to them as well. Whereas with Marcus, if you want to test the waters, say, hey, I've got a really successful store in New Zealand. I want to see if the Aussies want to buy my products, or you maybe do get some random orders from Aussie. Um, actually, open up your uh, Shopify store, go to the settings, go to markets, and they've made it really, really easy there for you to select the markets you want to trial. And um, yeah, that's exactly the route that I would go yeah. down. Yeah, look at your analytics first and make sure you see like sure. what they said. Oh yeah, I'm getting people from Australia. Okay, yeah. let's let's test this out. So yeah, I, I love those two answers there and I think they're the right answers between markets and Shopify Plus. Um, tick. Tick, tick. <laughs> Biggest pain points you see with larger brands trying to grow, um, you know, like I guess they're, they're getting to that stage where they might be adding too much to the tech stack oh, yeah, or yeah, they got yeah. the wrong tech stack. Like what, what's some advice happens, you have there? That happens more often than not is people that have had a successful e-commerce website or digital offering as a side to their business, they might have brick and mortar already in place. They have a traditional tech stack in place um, that worked for them between you know 2012 and 2017, 18, and then all of a sudden they hear about this amazing tool called Shopify and they really want to inquire like how do we get on board? And one of the things you face the most there and hurdles you got to overcome is legacy tech that they might have in place. This could be an ERP or inventory management system that is from the arc ages, you know, <laughs> or isn't globally supported. I think I find those. You know, very rarely do you find one that is New Zealand only, for example, um, that is 100% supported by Shopify, super easy to integrate, etc. Um, so yeah, that'd be that text uh, ERP inventory management. Or for example, they may have uh, been stuck with a loyalty program that was built out custom. Now they want to tap into Shopify and, you know, there's this additional requirement that's needed from an out-of-the-box app now. Well, there's always going to be custom uh, customizations there so huge hurdles to overcome with that um or they're using mailchimp and they've never heard of something like clavio um or they or they currently on the flip side of that i've talked to some other people who are using a, a massive data insights tool that's costing them ten thousand us dollars per month and um they just don't know that out of the box now with a product like clavio you know a lot of the the stuff that they used out of that is available there already, and then they realise that they only use ten percent of the power of that last tool. So yeah. Yeah. I think I think if if you're a slightly smaller merchant, and you're like, come on, no one pays ten thousand dollars for software and doesn't really use it. 
you and I come across it a lot with oh, people yeah. thinking like, oh my gosh, oh, we didn't yeah. realize what we're paying for or Absolutely. didn't realize there's new tools now. It's that always when this. you land on those websites and you see like, oh, okay, they're using Amasis as an example, right? And mm. What's Amasis? Jump on the website. Oh, it's a SAP company. Oh, cool. Try and find pricing. You won't find pricing. You'll find a contact us button of or talk to us or get a, a free trial demo, or free demo, yeah, free demo, demo yeah, yeah. Um, and trust me when you see the prices. Woo-wee. So Crazy. the takeaway on that one is um, – be open to suggestions of new technology that can replace old, yeah. which does mean processes within the business that's may right. have to change to yep. match what that new technology can do. Yep. Uh, but that's yeah, that's something that I think can help businesses grow when they get the right tech stack. Yeah, for uh, sure. Tell me about uh, somebody that has maybe two to five stores now. It's starting to really grow. Um, what do you think of the, the pain points that come with that? What would your advice be for people in that situation? Maybe they're already on Shopify, um, but they've just got multiple stores Inventories all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've got to give a shout out to actually a group of people that we met. Well, I met actually a while ago, but we've been using a little bit lately. Um, they're a company called SMB Consultants out of mm. uh, out of Sydney, Sydney, for example, right? Yep. Um, and there are local ones in New Zealand here as well. It's just that I had a, a long-standing relationship with them. But a, a company that specializes in looking at your entire business tech stack, right? Like, don't go to a digital agency and get them to make recommendations on inventory management systems, right? Because all they're going to be able to do and tell you is a tiny little bit more than what you're going to be able to find out on the website anyway because they've got past experience with integration, right? Go and speak to like a specialist company that can look at an overall tech stack to see where can we automate things, how can we remove any friction, or how can we better um, connect your systems together to talk to each other, essentially. So, And get multiple opinions because... This industry, I always say it, is such an infant, it's so small, that there are certain people that have certain experience and they're going to give you answers only based on that experience. But your situation might be completely different. Whereas if you talk to a company who's a specialist and has you know, connections with many, many different, whether that be e-commerce, a service agency, or uh, um, you know, whatever it is, just... No, it's true. It's true. I mean, like we are cross-platforming specialists. We are CRO specialists and we understand and know all the most popular inventory software. Are you going to say something? I I love how he combined cross-migration and re-platforming into one word and called it cross-platforming. Did I? Excellent. (laughs) all right. It works for me. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Making up words on a daily. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my life. Um, But yeah, like, you know, if you want me to deep dive into Sin 7, like, No. You know, know, you want me to deep dive into deer? No. Um, You want me to deep dive into CRO? All night, all day. Let's go, baby. So, yeah, it's it's about understanding that and knowing to work with the right teams for you to, like you just said, when when these uh, companies are growing. Okay, my last question to you, man. Um, Should you sell a small amount of products or should you sell everything? Oh, wow. What a question. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think you're going to get 50%. If you do a survey, you'll get around about 50% of people mm. say. say. But um, my recommendation is to start with a whole bunch. If you're, if you're just going to start out, look at the data, see Ooh. what is actually working, then hone in on those categories or yeah. verticals, whatever you want to call them. Um, because then you find out what you're good at, right? And really hone in on that because there's always opportunity to expand within that same vertical, right? There's always options to look at new product development or new product sourcing or similar stuff. Find out what your audience is liking. 
And I think you have to love what you do. Don't try and sell, sell stuff on your website that you don't like at all, right? Like, because then you're not going to be able to write good content. You're mm. not going to spend as much time actually caring about the user experience. Um, I would say, yeah, find out, find stuff that you actually love, then try and translate that to customers looking for it because it'll work. I don't know if that made sense. No, that yeah. did make sense. Good. Yeah. Okay. So rounding that up. Um, it's not easy starting e-commerce and there's a lot of things you need to do. So keep watching videos and podcasts or listening to podcasts like this and learn from this and start. You got to start somewhere. You did say that. You got to start yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, technology is getting better and better and better and it makes things a little bit easier sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Or on the flip side of that, if you are working in a very large corporate company and you are finding that, you know, you are being your performance is being hamstrung by the types of tech that you have in place. Start planting the seeds. Have the conversations with the right people internally. Trust me, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. I am Alexandria Collis, Director of Customer Experience for Princess Poly. I'm focused on our strategy and innovation in the CX department here at Princess Poly. I have a quote, and I always tell our CX leaders that customer experience is the heart of an organization, and we pump the blood and deliver the oxygen to the vital organs in the business to help them thrive and grow stronger. The Gorgeous platform allows our agents a seamless place to just do it all. We are really there for the customer every step of the way if they want. Our customers expect quality and efficiency where they are. So the real question is, how do you get quality and efficiency across every single platform? And then once you have it, how do you maintain it? And I believe that with the Gorgeous platform, we can do that. If you're interested in learning more about Gorgeous, go to gorgeous.com and mention podcast for two months free. All right, so now that we've paid the bill with that with that ad that we served up to people there, um, you know, someone's got to pay the bills around here. Two months free though. Two yeah, months yeah, free. Yeah, so we just spoke about e-commerce brands, you know, coming out of the arc ages, developing out of small places, turning into a global brand. I actually have an example of one, mate. I brought you something. What's this? This is a uh, nice hazy pale ale by Deep Creek Brewer, oh. uh, Deep Creek Brewing Co., uh, based out of Silverdale. Big shout outs to them, Paul and Carolina and the team. Um, they just had... Very recently, a big relaunch of their website from WooCommerce over to Shopify um, with a direct-to-consumer offering and a wholesale portal. And um, they sent us these wow. lovely ice-cold bevies. It's a great success story. They sell their beer all over the place now. Um, yeah, South the, America, Europe, North America. Okay, you're giving them the biggest plug ever. Yeah, I'm just saying. If you want to be in the good books with your agency, send them send them some beers, <laughs> and then they'll like you know do some additional work uh, for free. Um, thank you, thank no you, Waldo, and uh, no cool Deep Creek. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Hey. Um. So to flip it on you now. Um, I, oh no, that's the end of the podcast. Let's move on. I talk to a lot of business owners who are mm -hmm. interested to learn about e-commerce and uh, you know nothing about it, but you know a lot about running a business. Um, you've been doing that for a fair bit of your life. How long have you been doing like you know, uh, either management or running your own business? 15, 17 years, I don't know. Do you want to give a little bit of a backstory oh, to it? Or? Okay, well, I finished university and I thought it was a really good idea to start a web company without knowing what how to build a website. So, um, the yeah. Smoking mirrors at the start. I landed some uh, really big accounts. I, I, I guess now I could say this. I landed Armageddon Expo, did his TV ads, did billboards, did websites. Didn't even know how to do TV ads, mate. And then three weeks later, there's my ad on national TV. So all yeah. using After Effects. And those were some big accounts. So, but you're talking about like, what, like 06, 07. I mean, oh, no I'm one talking really the knew wild, how to wild do west. It no either. one knew you know nothing. I mean? so, no one knew anything. Yeah. So um, that was my own business. Uh, sold that. You know, did some other crazy stuff, bought into Zyber, been with Zyber for 10 plus years, 
uh, things here on the side. Oh, at, within Cyber started my own Shopify e-commerce website, which was selling... Um, e-commerce app, you mean? No, 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 no. Oh, no, it was no, a no, service. No, 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 yeah, it was a service. Yeah, it's yeah. called ShopHelper, yeah. for those that remember, shophelper.io. And uh, you were buying hours reoccurring because I was using recharge. That's when I learned about recharge. I, yeah. I had to upsell. So if you go in and buy, I think it's like five hours or 10 hours. I laugh at that now because, yeah, we wouldn't sell five hours. But anyway... Um, you know, you'd get to the checkout and they'd be like, wait, there's something wrong with your order. You need to order more hours. And then you just buy, buy, buy. And then my app would go crazy. Um, Rachel, can you give me the sound effect for a sale? That's the one. Hey. Over and over and over again, it would happen in my pocket. Um, nice. I love that feeling. It's an addictive feeling. And then, yeah, sold that little business. Cool. Um, well, when I say little, we got it from zero to 100K um, pretty quickly That's not per bad. month, per month Jeez. on reoccurring. But then we realized it wasn't really what Zyber was about. We're a bit more agency. This was really like dealing with people that had these really small tasks. So, yes, I think to answer your question, have been around for a while doing some nice. You've stuff. also you've also obviously mingled and have had staff and all sorts that own their own e-commerce brands. You obviously sure. have talked to a lot of companies at a very high level. You know, I generally bring you in when I know that the CEO is going to be there or like a GM <laughs> of, you know, head of e-commerce and my actual connection there is a... Does that know, help? Does that help having me so. in the room? Yeah, of course. You sure? Power you sure numbers. I haven't blown a deal for you? Oh, it's always power and numbers. Power and numbers. Good, <laughs> good tip for you guys that's out a good, there. That's a good tip. But that's yeah, I mean, even tip. seeing staff running their own e-commerce websites, you know, this yeah. is something you guys actually... Well, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, no. I want to hire entrepreneurship. I want to have team members that are entrepreneurs. I, uh, you've heard me say it in there, I will help anybody that wants to start a side business while working at Zyber because yep. they will learn more and more about, holy shit, this is what it takes to run a business yeah. um, and can apply those you know, back at Zyber. Um, interestingly enough, in Toronto at the Shopify head office, they have a library. And on, in this library, there's all these books, and these books are being brought in by you know the the, the main managers, the the leaders of Shopify, and it's for any staff member to take home, read, and bring it back, nice. or take it home and just keep and it. just keep it. Yeah, we'll replace it. It's yeah, okay. Like, like, and I thought that's such We're a great idea. We're only the largest competitor to the Amazon in the world. <laughs> well, yes, they are really yes. And uh, you know, I thought that was such a great idea. And then one of the guys I was doing the tour around with, he was just like, whoop and put it in his bag. And I was like, hey, and, he, and he's like, oh, I kind of work for Shopify. I'm I a, kind of. I'm a partner. And I was like, nice. true, I should have taken some books. But so I love that thinking. I'm all, I'm all for that. Cool. So, I mean, that, that translates really nicely into the next question. Like what sort of importance, if you're a business owner, do you place on your, your culture within your business? Culture is massive. I think um, as this team keeps growing, I keep pushing it as one of the most important things I have to do. Yeah. Um, because I've seen the I've seen the dark side. I've seen the toxicity and how it can kill a business. Oh yeah. Uh, you might have the best salesperson that brings you the sales because at the end of the day, you know, sales <laughs> equals your doors being open. <laughs> uh, but if that person is just toxic and is bringing everybody else down, you just gotta you gotta eliminate them. So, to, uh, yeah, um, culture very important. I don't think they teach it. I don't know if they even teach it. There should be more courses for business owners. Business owners need to realize that it's not sitting on my throne and watching people. It's um, I got to make people excited to come to work. Yeah. And I mean, when do you think is the right time to, I mean, I guess we kind of covered it in the previous part, but like what's your take on when's the right time to look at hiring staff? Um, okay. So the stupid answer would be shit when you realize you're under the pump 24-7. 
But the right answer would be if you know how to forecast. Yeah. And I have, I have some formulas. Cool. And I say if we are getting these accounts in this many hours, we should already have X amount of staff here. And when you get that balance right, and it is a seesaw, it's going to happen. Sales are up, production staff numbers are down. Then you have too many production people, not enough sales. Holy shit, what do we do there? Excuse my language. Um, it's it's the deep creek. It's kicking in. Um, so you got to get that that balance. So yeah, if you can be really good at forecasting and you know hold your key team members to hit those numbers, then everything should be smooth sailing and you're hiring the people at the right time. What's that saying? Hire slow, fire fast. Yeah, that's well, right. In today's world, I'm sorry, it's like high, extremely fast and you fire, fire faster. even faster <laughs> because our borders being closed means finding really good people and I'm very grateful to have Waldo and Rachel in this room because you guys are awesome. It is hard finding good people. No, absolutely. And I mean, people is one thing but you've also got to have the right Business, like you, you've got also got you got to have your business set up in the right way, right? So, um, and if we're looking at, you know, you're in this, you've got it all. Um, what are kind of the three to four elements that you would place on, you know, how to succeed? Um, and it, in yeah. growing a business, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, I think you mentioned one culture. Yes. So, um, you know, with culture, like I have a mission statement that we all know that our clients see every time they walk in and hit that bell in our, in our lobby is pre COVID. There's a big sign on the wall that tells them exactly what we're all about. You know, ROI, um, exceeding your expectations. I also have a company vision and that's internally. And that's something that we don't share with merchants. And we talk about the growth of cyber, but also the growth of our staff, um, with, you know, our clients in this borderless commerce that we're in very exciting times. Um, so that, that is, is culture. Um, we've talked a little bit about processes. You got to have processes. If not, it's just a mess. Oh, Leo loves processes, and honestly, about I would say, you know, in the early days, I was always like, oh, this is another. But now, being a little bit more mature, understanding <laughs> a little bit more from a management point of view about the business, I could tell you, there's nothing more important than processes. Yeah. Without them, things can fall over very quickly, and you won't even notice it until it's too late. Correct. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of them. I think I'm, I'm a creative person, but I understand the importance, like what you just said, right, right. of processes. And we have to have them because I have worked with people that don't follow processes um, as, as managers and how that whole department just flops over. Yep. So if this episode is all about growth, if you can nail your processes, because as you grow, the process is in place. It's so much easier to bring in that new staff member. They follow that process and you, you can repeat the model. So to do that, bring in the right types of tools that your business will need. So we talked about tech stack before. So if you're e-commerce, you got to have that wonderful tech stack. It's, it's, it's Shopify Plus. It's gorgeous. It's Klaviyo. It's Yotpo. You know, uh, I know there's some variations there on those, but it's really knowing that. Um, businesses like ours, you know, it's having like Monday.com. It's having the right CRMs like HubSpot or Salesforce. Um, and yeah, we've been able to, to automate a lot of stuff. We've gone paperless exactly. because of that. Well, when was yeah, the last I mean, time you saw a piece of paper in this office? No, well, I just actually threw every single last file we ever had for a customer away yesterday. And you filled Bloody up a whole yucca. skip bin, right? Yep, that exactly. Was, there you go. So but, there's um, no more, there's no even paper in this office. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so what I heard there as well is yeah. you sort of touched on is like uh, automation, removing friction yes. as well, especially in, in any sales process, but also in the delivery of whether it be a product or a service as well. You know, I think Correct. you can apply that there. And why do I have automation, Waldo? Well, 
It's because you're lazy. Oh, yeah, actually, no, I do say that in all <laughs> I the episodes. I think that's the core. That, that is so true, but I'm reducing overheads. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's I had to cool. bring overheads down to make, you know. That's the, why you're the boss and I'm not. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you're the boss. You're shouting at me all the time. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I think your question was two or three things. I'm really trying to think of yeah, this. You've, uh, you've actually uh, spat uh, out a lot. Culture, mm. process, leadership. Yep. Leadership. You have to have a leader. Yep. Um, and, and, and again, the leader needs to, you know, um, be in there, be involved, lead from the front. I've worked with those that sit on the throne and watch. F off. Doesn't work. No. Um, Upskill. Use up, the stuff that you know. Stop being, you know, don't, don't be the one that wants to do everything. And also don't be the one that sits back and watch people want do everything. Yeah. Be the one that upskills people to a level where they actually enjoy what they're doing. They can just take over that task. Oh, get, get, you up get to yeah, do this else. is culture again. You know, get yeah. those smart people around you. Get the Waldos, get the Rachels around you. So then, you, you know, they, they're the smart ones. You're not. And I'm, 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 I'm happy with that. I'll give you one more. Sorry. Pivoting. Oh, yeah. Pivot. You need to understand and know when it's time to pivot. Look at Julian in the last episode. Yeah. Sales are down, so they started selling online courses. Awesome. He's pivoting. He's yep. making more revenue. Exactly the same thing. If you've got your fingers on the pulse, you know where business is at, you know it's good or it's bad, or competitors doing something, they've taken all the win out of your sales, pivot. Nice. I love it. Um, and have a good accountant, right? <laughs> yes. When I started my first business, I thought, you know, you don't go to the accountant because the accountant just wants you to make sure you pay all your taxes. But it's actually the other way around. The more you know your accountant... You know, the more you can work with your accountant, the better you can do with taxes. I'll yeah. leave that up to interpretation. Um, but yeah, it's it's really understand when's my next income tax coming, or what's it, how much is it going to be my GST tax? Like, if you've got a good tax person and you know how to forecast, you know exactly when you're going to get hit with these numbers that you got to pay to the IRD. Mm. But it's okay because you're still on track. With and make sure else. your accountant understands what you're doing as well because like Julian mentioned in the last episode, e-commerce is a new thing. Mm. There's uh, there's accountants out there that may not exactly understand what e- the impact of e-commerce on your books are going to be and then you get yeah. stuck with uh, a variable that you weren't, you know, seeing earlier. So I think I think you mentioned Brad from Wise Advice. So shout out to Brad. You know, he's made himself he's He's marketed himself as the e-commerce accountant, oh, now, yeah. which is smart. That guy knows so much about Shopify, Amazon, Zero, yeah, and then has all that sort of puts it all together. Ancient, because I always, <laughs> but that sort of accounts you yes. know, head as well. Um, okay, so you got all this great stuff. You've upskilled them. You've spent years upskilling these people. You have the right team in place, and then all of a sudden, you've got other eyes looking at you, and um, they start dropping like flies. They start getting coaxed into moving to another company, and mm-hmm. etc. And you might face, and I know we've faced this in a lot in the last couple of years with the talent pool being so dry, for lack of a better word, um, the great resignation. Like, mm. how do you handle that? I, I don't even there's, know where to start. There's a lot of articles on stuff in the Herald about this right now as we speak, and oh, I think yeah. uh, the, the quick answer is don't be a dick to your staff. Nice. Just <laughs> that is such a Gary V answer. Is it? I love it. Is oh, that yeah. where it came from? No, I don't think so. But, but, but he says stuff like to that. To me, it's it's if the culture's right, they have a path where they know they're growing. Pay them what they deserve to be paid. You know, in return, if a competitor steps in and goes, "Yo, come work for me," they'll say, "I'm actually pretty happy here." Exactly. And that is when you know you've got a good team, a good culture, a good process. Because a lot of people go, well, the grass is greener on the other side. And they get to the other side and they go, holy cow, there's no grass. Mm. Like, it's, no, I agree. It's, it's terrible. And I so, think it's easy to see when you've got staff that 
have got a vested interest, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you can see when people are buying really into this and they're almost like they want to take control and they want to like start imposing like some things that they may want. You can, that's, that's buy-in. Don't, don't stop it. You know what I mean? Listen to them. They might be speaking directly to customers. They, you know, you can definitely learn. So it's a, it's a two-way street. You know, you know how I knew Rachel had buy-in uh, to Zyber when she, uh, she starts slacking me. Are you allowed me. to share this? Yes, when she starts slacking HR? me, when she starts slacking me that she's been listening to our podcast at like 11, 12, 1 a.m. while lying in bed. I'm like, you're listening to our podcast? Wow. Like, but she did it to get a good understanding of the history of this podcast and all the conversations that we've had. Love it. Not sure if you want to make any comments there, Rachel. Oh, no, I thought that was some great. Um, you definitely didn't put me to sleep, though. <laughs> <laughs> didn't or did? <laughs> Probably did. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you're welcome. That no, was very insightful. There you go. Nice. Excellent. Um, yeah, man. Like, I think I've asked you all the questions from like a business point of view. I mean, there was what? There was taxation. There was resignation. There was business processes, automation. Sounds like I'm rapping, um, but I'm not. <laughs> if there's any <laughs> other advice that you could give, whether it be, I mean, there's a variety of people listening to this podcast, right? So if it's if they're just a business owner themselves, or if they're running an e-commerce business, they're running multiple businesses, you know. <laughs> um, what Good. sort of advice would you just give people out there just to sort of end off this episode? It's not overnight. That's the success is not overnight. You're not going to make millions. I have seen it once here at Zyber. Yeah. One time, twenty-something-year-old kids. I call them kids because I'm forty-something. They. They found a way to make millions and millions of dollars like after, let's just say, a month or two. Mm. That's the only time. It is always. But did that work out in the long run? Oh, I don't know. Okay, all right. <laughs> there might be some legal stuff from Facebook. I've got I'll, to ask I'll you who this I'll, is I'll, We'll talk off air afterwards. <laughs> but it's, it's patience. Mm. It's, you know, again, understand what you're doing. Be passionate about what you're doing. Don't fall for the shiny syndrome yeah. thing. I've fallen for that. You know, we try to do everything. Oh, we'll do the AdWords, we'll do the Facebook, we'll do the SEO. Uh, when we figured out what we're really good at and doubled down on it, that's when Zyber really has grown um, and, and grown multiple times. You know, we've won all those Deloitte's Fast 50 and stuff. And, you know, and yeah, bring in the right team, bring in the right people, um, surround with those that are smarter than you. Don't worry if you're the dumbest person in the room. That's a great thing to be to have, you know. Um, that's where I like to be. When I'm the smartest in the room, I'm like, I'm getting out of this place. Like, oh, this, yeah. That, that's this, that's such a good bit of value that you just spat there because, um, yeah, always make sure you're the dumbest person in the room. Yeah, it sounds weird, but it's it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think everything else I've I've sort of touched on, but it's just you got to have patience and you got to have passion for what you're doing. And then you will you will get there slowly but surely. Find what's working and double down, triple down on it. Um, and don't be scared to fire clients and fire you know um, bad apples. Uh, bad, yeah, just just staff and clients. Like yeah. you you might be. I know in an e-commerce it's kind of a bit different, but you might have a supplier. And the supplier is just dicking you around all day and gives you terrible prices or just doesn't show up with the product when he said you would and you've already promised people that you would ship it out. Don't be scared of getting rid of that negative energy and finding somebody else and uh, life will be a lot easier. But yeah, yeah look, it's, it's um, the infinite game. It's, it's not finite thinking, it's infinite thinking. But how boring Business, would it be if there was an end? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Business goes on and on, my friend. Exactly. 
Hey, look, I really appreciate that. And if you were one of those merchants out there that you know wanted some business advice, we are not business advisors. <laughs> You're very lucky to live in a country where there are some A-class business advisors and coaches out there. A lot of it can be funded, you know, with digital enablement and. Um, uh, People like Activate Tamaki Makoto or um, your local commerce, what are they called? Um, something of commerce at your... Uh, oh, I don't know what you're doing. Chamber of Commerce. Oh, Chamber Touch of Commerce, space with yes. your local Chamber of Commerce. They'll be able to point you in the right direction um, to talk to a business coach, whatever it may be. Get the right advice for your business. Um, if you like this episode, if you like this podcast, then click the like button, subscribe, mm-hmm. leave a review. Yep. Um, tell us what you want to hear from us next time. And look, I mean, on that note, I don't really have any much anything else for you, sir. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you, mate. Cheers, Dad. Cheers to that. Go grow your business. Catch you later.